Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The odds of Baker Mayfield earning comeback player of the year after he was traded from the Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers. That'll be one to watch. Also, how the odds for the Carolina Panthers change now, what their makeup has become now that they have a new quarterback. Certainly something to keep an eye on. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon. Let's tap in now with our odds expert, ESPN sports betting analyst Aaron Dolan, joining us on the CC call-in line. Aaron, I want to ask about what Vegas did right away when Carolina accepted the trade for Baker Mayfield. They sent a fifth-round draft pick, a conditional fifth, which could become a fourth, back to Cleveland. How did this shift their odds and the way that you're looking at the Carolina Panthers for the 2022 season? Nothing was, you know, crazy about this trade in terms of the odds. I know you mentioned comeback player of the year. That's currently 10-1 to 1 for Baker Mayfield, and that came down. But the Super Bowl came down slightly, 125-1 to 1 to 100-1. to 1. The conference played as well, 60-1 to 1 to 50-1. to 1. And then in the division, I mean, it's still a tough division. The Bucks are heavy favorites in that one. Moved from 12-1 to 1 to 11-1. to 1. But two things that did not move are the win total for them at 6.5. So, again, no movement there. And the playoff odds are for them to make it, yes, plus 400, no, minus 550. So, I think it really stands out to me that the win total didn't move at all. So, I know that there's going to be some competition between Baker Mayfield as well as Sam Darnold. I think Baker Mayfield is an upgrade from what we have seen from Sam Darnold. But at the same time, this isn't a type of situation where you have a quarterback like, you know, Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. I mean, the Carolina Panthers are still not a great team, and they obviously lean on a select few players. But there's just been so much shakeup in that team in general over the past couple of seasons. So I don't expect great success from this team overall. I mean, obviously, considering this trade has happened, not many other things are going around in the NFL right now. We're going to obviously harp and hone in on this. But um, overall, I'm not shocked by any of these odds. Uh, For me personally, if I was looking at some of the player props for Baker Mayfield, if you look at DraftKings, um, his passing yards is 3,800 and a half. I would go under on that, just considering we're not guaranteed that he is starting week one per se. I do believe he will ultimately end up getting that starting job, but all things considered, I still like under passing yards, considering he's only hit over this number once in four seasons. And then for his uh, passing touchdowns, that's a 22 and a half. But there are a couple other things that I keep an eye on when there is a quarterback move, especially for some other players. So I'm looking at DJ Moore to go over 1150.5 receiving yards. I could, you know, these numbers are just so big that I'm going to start spelling them out. But he did over this in the last three seasons and in four years in the NFL, like I mentioned, a lot of, you know, shakeups there. 
for the team. He's had three different offensive coordinators, seven different starting quarterbacks to work with, two different head coaches. And again, he's still been able to perform really well. So I do think the addition of Baker Mayfield will continue to help him and he'll ultimately go over his receiving yards. And we got a great matchup week one between these two teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how Baker will play against his former team. But personally, do not bet into that game right now. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback on either side. I don't want to make speculations. On the Deshaun Watson case, it is baked into the line that he would not be starting week one. Um, it's not a situation where we're, you know, midway through the season and trying to figure things out with him. So just keep that in mind. But I definitely wouldn't be betting into that week one game just yet. So what does this mean for the Cleveland Browns? That's a very good question. So interestingly enough, the Cleveland Browns, when the season win totals were posted, they took so much action on the under for that. And for a good reason. We don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Now, I thought Baker Mayfield would ultimately end up getting the job once again, despite all the drama between them. But obviously now he is on the Panthers. So those markets are actually down right now, which shows you that it is a liability for the books that they were taking so much money on the under because they thought, you know, the situation was going to impact them, which it will. Everyone, that's pretty obvious for everyone. Um, But really, we're just kind of waiting to see what ultimately ends up happening with the Deshaun Watson case. We're talking with Aaron Dolan, ESPN sports betting analyst here on Canty and Carlin. Um, Like the Seahawks were a team that we thought might be interested in Baker Mayfield. And, you know, they still have some questions that need to be answered at the quarterback position. Like, what does it mean for them now as it looks like Drew Locke is going to be their starter this season? Yeah, I think a lot of people are really thinking about, you know, the Seahawks and if Baker Mayfield was going to play there, how would he look? And, you know, I still think for the Seahawks, under six wins is absolutely the play for them. Um, obviously, there's just nothing really great going on with the Seahawks right now. If anything, I would look at the DK Metcalf props and see if, you know, he's able to get some things done for the team. I don't trust either of these quarterbacks whatsoever that are going to be under center for the Seahawks. And I just Overall, when you're looking at season totals and you see something like a six, you know that odds makers are not expecting them to have obviously a great season. So that was just kind of, you know, when something like that happens, Baker, and there's a huge conversation that, oh, we could go to the Seahawks, and people sometimes bet on potential. We see this in the NBA all the time. So people are really liking the underplay for the Seahawks. And again, I still like this, even though obviously he's not going to be under center for them. We need some Kevin Durant news, Aaron. So that's why I have to ask you this. What is going on with the odds for the Nets? And are you willing to back a potential team where he could actually land? Backing them, absolutely not. But the odds have gone absolutely crazy. I put out a video about this yesterday because it is just so wild. So before, or I should say, when the odds first came out for the start of the offseason, they were plus 600. The whole Kyrie Irving thing was going on with the opt-in, opt-out. So he was plus 900 before opting in, plus 750 when he ended up opting in. A couple of days later, Kevin Durant, trade request, and this obviously soared so high. It went to 35 to 1. Now, Ju- July 5th, excuse me, just two days ago, the odds were 50 to 1 for the Brooklyn Nets to win it all. They kept climbing. Then all of a sudden that day, it dropped to 25 to 1. That's a huge, huge jump. 77% of the tickets, 94% of the money came in on July 5th on the Brooklyn Nets. So why is that? Well, one, we kind of these markets are going off of rumors and also it became such a liability. When you take 94% of the money on a particular day on a team, they're going to drop the odds. I didn't know they were going to cut it completely in half to 25 to one to try to stop people from betting into it, thinking that they lost value on it. But there are you know, reports that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving could 
be in a Brooklyn Nets uniform come, you know, game one to start the season if they aren't able to get a deal done. So personally for me, I know some people, again, like to bet on potential and think, oh, let me go, you know, back to Phoenix Suns because Kevin Durant could potentially go there. Don't bet on potential. Wait until you see where each player is going to ultimately end up playing come the start of next season. Aaron, before we let you go, I'm wondering about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving packaged together somewhere other than Brooklyn. It feels like maybe that talk has cooled off since last week, and we know that the Nets are kind of in this holding pattern trying to get as much of a haul as they can for KD. But is there any team that you can think of right now that would have the best odds to land the both of them this this season? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, if I was in the front office, I feel like I would have more insight into this. I don't think ultimately they'll be packaged together and go anywhere together. I think that they're going to end up starting for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think they're going to get everything that they want in this deal. It, it doesn't really make sense. You should just keep KD with the addition of Ben Simmons, given that he plays. I'm not a Simmons fan. I'm from Philly, obviously, if you can tell, um, if you've been listening to this for some time. So I think that they should just play for the Brooklyn Nets come this season and see how they do for a whole season. If anything, I think KD would go to the Suns, but I don't think they'll be packaged together by any means. They certainly That's wanna... just too good of a situation for them. Yeah, they, they would like to continue playing together from everything we've heard, but it feels like a little bit too much uh, too good to be true, and what we know yeah. the Nets have reportedly asked for, at least in the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's quite a lot. So imagine asking for two players via a trade, even if they don't like Kyrie Irving all that much right now. She is Aaron Dolan, ESPN <laughs> sports betting analyst, joining Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas here on ESPN Radio. Aaron, thanks so much for the time. Thanks, guys. Bill- Billy, stand up. Coming up next, how successful can the Browns be with Jacoby Brissett? Not Deshaun Watson. I said that correctly. Jacoby Brissett under center. We'll get into that next. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Cleveland Browns are waiting word regarding quarterback Deshaun Watson after his NFL disciplinary hearing ended last week. What is next for the Browns and how does that affect what they could do to start the season if Watson is indeed suspended for for a significant amount of time and whether they have to turn the reins of the offense over to Jacoby Brissett. Canty and Carlin, Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. How successful, Harry, can the Browns be if Jacoby Brissett is the guy that they have to roll with for this indefinite amount of time? They're going to be pushing it. They're going to be pushing it to make the playoffs, especially in an AFC North. That I think it's tougher than a lot of people give it credit for. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it's and, incredibly tough. Yeah. Like, people like aren't giving it credit? No, it's, it, there are people. We talk about the AFC West so much that sure. I don't think people are giving the AFC North okay. the, the credit it actually do deserve. And you look at the Bengals and making the Super Bowl last year, and they have a quarterback in Joe Burrow. What they did offensive line-wise to try to uh, cement their deficiencies that they had last year, you look at the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson coming back, 
they're going to draft well damn near every year. Sure. They drafted well this year, getting three of three or four guys that are first-round talent uh, upon their roster. And then you have a ton of people who were injured last year that are coming back. The Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, if they can get past their quarterback situations, offensive line play could be a little bit better. But I love their skill position players. Mm-hmm. You talk about the wide receivers, the running backs. Defensively, when you have a guy with the last name Watt, it would be TJ, that is, who has been dominant like he has been dominant. dominant. And then you got uh, Fitzpatrick, who just signed the, the biggest deal in, 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 in history at the safety position. Uh, you still have those bright spots. Corner, the corner position is still a little thing that bothers me in Pittsburgh and it has for the last few years. Um, but when you look at the Cleveland Browns, I think they have enough to make a splash. And the way they start the season, their first four games, their first few games, um, I believe they can they can win all of those. But once you start getting into the big boys and the heat of the schedule, I think they have a stretch there when they have about four or five, maybe six games in a row where you're playing some quality opponents that's where you're going to need a Deshaun Watson. That's where you're going to need a quarterback to be feasible, to be able to get you over the hump if it comes down to it. And that's not a stretch that is too far into the future for them. Realistically, that starts week five when they've got the Los Angeles Chargers at home, then they've got New England, and then they go to Baltimore, come home and have Cincinnati on Halloween. There's a bye week in there. Miami could be better this year. Obviously, we know Buffalo might have the best roster in the AFC. And then Tampa Bay. So that's a stretch from week five to week 11 where it doesn't matter if your receiving core consists of Amari Cooper, David Bell, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And granted, like I'm not like giving you like a a great, great group, but a a competent group. And I think that Cooper, you know, maybe a change of scenery, um, you know, be good for him. And he can be a number one receiver in this offense. But even if you had like the best skilled players in the NFL, it would still probably be a struggle if you've got a backup quarterback who has to assume that role of starting quarterback in place of Deshaun Watson for – uh, you know, a very long period of time. Like, there's a reason, you know, when Andrew Luck retired suddenly in Indy, and I know Jacoby Brissett got the reins of the offense, kind of probably wasn't expecting that. I was in Tennessee at that at that time, too. Like, and, and he's, you know, I think I remember the rhetoric around him was, you know, he's a capable backup. But to have to do this for an entire season and not like a two to three game stretch while somebody's, you know, recovering from injury, if Deshaun Watson's suspension was short, which I don't think we expect it to be at this point, like, it's it's not unfair, and yeah. it's not like saying anything bad about Jacoby Brissett. Like, we know what his ceiling is as a player. I just don't think it's realistic to think that you're going to get a lot out of him uh, for the entirety of a 17-game schedule, and that if you roll with him, you're kind of lighting the season on fire. But, like, but I'll tell you this, though. I, I do believe the Cleveland Browns are going to lean – on their run game and the two phenomenal backs that they have in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Sure. Offensive line-wise, you look at two guys that anchored that offensive line last year in Jack Conklin and Jerjick Wills Jr. Those two guys were banged up last year. Um, They're going to get those guys back. They have two solid tight ends in uh, Harrison Bryan and David Njoku. Mm -hmm. They can also lean on. So I don't think it's going to be as bad as people may say. Now, don't get me wrong now. I'm not going to sit up here and say, okay, the Cleveland Browns are going to win 12, 13 games with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. I'm just saying I think it'll be close, but they're still going to be playing with that. Are they going to make the playoffs because that division is so tough? And you just talked about that 
that that after starting at game five, yeah. You can possibly go zero and what five zero and six in that little stretch right yeah, there if you don't watch it. Week five to week eleven, a gauntlet. That's yep. the word that you use, and that's the correct word. So let's say that we find out this week, next week, whatever week, it's going to be soon. We expect that Deshaun Watson will will find out what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and no one that I've talked to is expecting him to be suspended anything less than eight games. So. If we if we find that out, should should the Browns' first call be to the 49ers? Should they wait this thing out, or should they try to get Jimmy Garoppolo now? I'm going to get Jimmy G, and he's not going to struggle to pick up the offense because Kevin Stefanski was under the uh, Gary Kubiak mm-hmm. in that same tree, and Kubiak trained under who? Mike Shanahan. So it's that same tree, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, and then Jimmy G coming over to the to the Cleveland Browns. So he's going to be very familiar with the verbiage or whatnot. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. But I have to take my chances because I just can't derail my season knowing that I have this roster. Yeah. You look at what happened last year in Cleveland after making the playoffs in 2020 and the promise around that organization and with the fans and how they had their hopes up. I don't think you can have another year like you had last year making the playoffs after having such an exciting time beating the Steelers in the first round of 2020. Mm-hmm. So if I'm management, what I'm going to do, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's only going to be for a year. I'm not going to – like pour everything down the drain. And I'm pretty sure veterans don't want to hear that either because you may have guys who might not be want to play might not want to play football next year. They want to win right now. Sure. So I'm going out and I'm getting Jimmy G for a year. Yeah, I feel like it's they they poured too much into this team and of course they poured a ton into Deshaun Watson. 5 years and 230 million dollars worth guaranteed. of resources. All guaranteed for Deshaun and he might not be there this year. It's kind of remarkable how much they're going to be on the hook for. And, yes, there are structures within his within his contract that make this year for Deshaun Watson, if he is suspended, he doesn't have to face that big of a financial penalty. But, like, they're on the hook for more than $10 million of Baker Mayfield's contract, which is also fully guaranteed because it's part of the fifth-year option, and then mm-hmm. what they owe Deshaun Watson. So I feel like they can't keep getting this thing wrong. They can't trend in the direction where it's like, well – we're not going to try – we have to try every option possible to make sure this thing works, even if it's going to cost us. Because clearly they've shown that they will make a commitment to trying to right the ship at the quarterback spot. Like, getting that right, no matter how much it costs, no matter how much public scrutiny there comes with it, whether it's Baker Mayfield or whether it's Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so now, if you're in a bind and, and you're looking at yourself saying, well, we're just going to roll with Jacoby Brissett this year, I think that's short-sighted. Like, you already went down the road. Like, don't go one foot in on this and then put the other foot out. Like, you might as well double down and say, okay, it it's not the best of circumstances for a lot of reasons with Deshaun Watson. But if he is indeed suspended, they have to think contingency plan. I don't think the best contingency plan for them is just to expect that Jacoby Brissett is going to be your guy for a 17-game season this year. I think nope. you have to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo, but... What's the price on that? Because and, and, and there's that's no management. other that's, real suitors. That's their right job as management, too, to, to weigh all options to make the team better uh, at all costs. Yeah. And if that's to bring in Jimmy G for a year so y'all can be successful as an organization, then you do that. Now, if they feel like that's not the road they need to take and they want to take for the team, then that's on them. But I think they need to go out there and get a quarterback like Jimmy G, who already is familiar with this offensive system, to try to help lead them to the playoffs and potentially go further than that. Yeah, you'd be going all that way 
throughout the entire offseason just to like end up with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback after such a tumultuous year where you said goodbye to Baker Mayfield and you got to Sean Watson and you traded Baker Mayfield and Watson might not play. Like, all those things, you can't tell me you're going to stop trying at that point. Just be like, well, this is this is the hand we're dealt. No, the hand you're dealt, you can improve it by at least trying to upgrade the quarterback position, which mm-hmm. Jimmy G would certainly uh, certainly be that guy. But we'll wait. We'll f- see what happens in the coming weeks with Deshaun Watson. His disciplinary hearing with the NFL ended last week. What is next? That is the question that the Browns are trying to answer as they wait to see when Deshaun Watson's decision might come down and how many games he could be suspended for. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys. Coming up next, another SWAT analysis, this time with the Houston Texans. What should we expect from Lovey Smith in year one with Houston? That's next, Candy and Carlin. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas, presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So let's do another SWAT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, this time for the Houston Texans. They are in year two of their rebuild under general manager Nick Casario. They have a new head coach, a familiar name to the NFL, in Lovey Smith. And Harry, we talk so much about second-year quarterbacks And the jump we expect so many of them to make, whether it's Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. But let's not forget, there's a starting quarterback elsewhere in the NFL who is one of those second-year guys. He just happened to be drafted in the third round, and that's Davis Mills. So make the argument for me, a team that is clearly rebuilding and has turned over their roster in a massive way, that there is a strength to be found here for the Houston Texans. (laughs) Uh, this is funny, and I don't think it was a strength last year, but I do believe it'll be a strength this year going into the 2022 season. But I'm going to go with their offensive line. Uh, Lermy Thompson, he missed some time last year. He's going to be back fully healthy. Keon Green, they drafted him. I love what he's going to bring to the table. A physical guy. And by the way, a guy like Keon Green can play just about every position on the offensive line. Every position. I love what they did. Um, they have Britt. Um, at the center position as well. What's one of the most important things for any quarterback, especially a young quarterback, is a offensive line being able to thrive and protect him and also allowing uh, them to open up holes for the run game to be valuable, which was not good last year with the Houston Texans. I believe they were last in the National Football League in rushing yards per game. So I think this offensive line, if they can continue to stay healthy, develop that continuity, through the offseason, in the training camp, and then let it trickle uh, down into the regular season. I think the offensive line will be. For me, the strength of this team is the fact that there's no expectations. Like, <laughs> Ooh, I know that that's like kind that. of, you know, a weird thing to say when we're in July and we're trying to project out what this year could look like for the Houston Texans, but nobody's expecting this team to be very good this year. Like, yep. I actually don't hate their draft picks. Like, I honestly think that Kenyon Green, like you had mentioned, one of two first-rounders that they had 
was a great pick. Derek Stingley Jr. might be the best cornerback oh, he was of the, this year's he, draft he was class. A, he was the best so in my eyes. <laughs> they got him. They got Jalen Petrie. So they're secondary. Yep. I'll go ahead. I'll change mine. I'll say their secondary is their strength because they have two guys who project to be starters there. Um, and it can't be any worse than it was last year. <laughs> so um, right. I'm projecting high ceiling. Might just take a while to get there. Okay, weaknesses for this Texans team. Oh, for me, it's the inability to be able to sack the quarterback. Last year, they only had 32 sacks, which was 28th in the National Football League. Now, why is that uh, valuable? Well, the secondary and the defensive line go hand in hand. If you're not sacking a the quarterback, then damn, you're having the guys in the secondary have to cover for a long, uh, long periods of time, and therefore big plays are allowed to happen on your secondary. So sacking the quarterback, that was their weakness last year. They need to be better in that department this year. So, to me, their weakness is still their passing offense. Like, they were the fifth worst in the NFL last year. By some miracle, Brandon Cooks had a 1,000-yard season. If you didn't know, he's still on that <laughs> roster. Yes. He hasn't forced his way out of there, which yep. I would have. Um, Davis Mills, I don't know what to expect. 16-10 touchdown interceptions uh, last year through the air. It just it's a bad ratio, and like he's got a long way to go. He's a third round pick, so you expect the learning curve and the growth curve to be what it is. But I still am not sold in this in this wide receiver core, and really in like what they have like weapons wise on offense. So to me, the passing attack is still their weakness, and you know teams now have a whole year of tape on Davis Mills to figure out what he was good at, what he was not good at, and going from there. That might be a challenge. But for... I like I like the promise he showed late in the year. But at the same time, like you mentioned, now teams have tape on him. They can go through, see what's the strong point or not. But I want to say too much because we got two other categories yeah. to get to, <laughs> which we will continue on with now with opportunities. Yep. Um, Lovey Smith being their head coach, I think, is a good opportunity for them. He's been an NFL head coach for two different franchises. He's been successful before. He's a leader, and this team needs to right the ship. I mean, Nick Casario was brought in to clean up a mess, and they fired their old head coach after one season. And David they're, Culley. They're still trying to get it right. He's and I know too. that they've got a lot of dysfunction that they've been trying to clear out. This is a team that, you know, you heard there in the rejoin with Freddie Coleman talking about this team being – um, complicit potentially or allegedly complicit in what was going on with Deshaun Watson. They're trying to move on past that and start fresh. I feel like Lovey Smith is a good leader. Players love playing for him. So, I mean, that to me is an opportunity from the standpoint of growth. I think opportunity-wise for me, the opportunity that this young team can grow together and show promise and get better uh, from week one to week 17 and show that there is promise there, show management that they have it, uh, Lovey Smith, you just mentioned, I think is one of the better leaders that we have in the National Football League. And him doing it at the NFL level and also doing it at the college level as well. Mm-hmm. Granted, they didn't win that many games, but he's a tremendous leader. Well, I remember playing against Lovey when I, when I was with the Falcons and he was with the Chicago Bears. And he's just a great guy. I played with a guy named Devin Hester who sure. speaks very, very highly of Lovey Smith. So him being their head coach, I think is a major, major bonus. Okay, threats, real quick. Ooh, threats. You already mentioned it. I don't like that they don't have a number one big body wide receiver. Mm. I think that when it comes to certain teams, I think that's going that's going to hurt them. You look at the Tennessee Titans, who just keep continue to revamp 
Their secondary, you look at the Indianapolis Colts, who was in their same division, they're going to be playing twice, who added Stephon Gilmore to hit their secondary. Uh, so I think not having a true number one wide receiver and a big body guy that you can lean on. Okay. We're going to get into Davis Mills a little bit more here. Has he proved enough to be the franchise quarterback in Houston? That's coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Houston Texans were not very good last year, and they are in the midst of this rebuild with general manager Nick Casario leading the way, first-year head coach of the Texans, Lovey Smith, now in charge down in Houston. So what's their ceiling going to be in 2022? Kenny and Carl on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas, pleased to welcome in Lance Zerline, co-host of The Bench on 97.5 in Houston. Lance Let's start with Davis Mills because we talk so much about second-year quarterbacks, and I feel like sometimes we forget that he is also in that mix. It's early, but are there signs that show you he could potentially be a franchise QB in Houston? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are flashes. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I also do NFL uh, draft evaluations over for NFL.com, and and so I look at all these guys on tape. I spend a lot of time on tape. I look at some of the data. I spend time speaking with people around the league. It was funny. Now I went back and looked at my scouting report on, on Davis Mills. And I also had a quote from a West Coast scout who now works uh, in the NFC at a, as a player personnel director. And he, he talked about the fact that Davis Mills has everything you want coming out. He just doesn't have the reps. And he doesn't have, you know, the, the, the health. He was injury-prone in college, rate, dealt with issues with injury, and that also subsequently were, was one of the things that prevented him from having a whole lot of starts. So he only had 11 starts coming out of college. He was a five-star pocket passer coming out of high school at Stanford. And what I saw from him last year out on the field was the same stuff I saw in college on tape. Throws with great antis- good anticipation, um, better anticipation than most college quarterbacks coming out. He's got a really smooth release. He's got plenty of arm strength. And the game slowed down for him a little bit the second time he was a starter. He came in when Tyrod Taylor got hurt. He lost his position to Tyrod Taylor once, you know, his his play wasn't quite as good. Then when he got back on the field, you know, for part two, he was a better quarterback. So the game kind of slowed down for him. So, yeah, we have this discussion uh, in Houston, and, and basically it centers around this. Are there flashes? Yes. Do I see the guy yet? No. I don't see the guy yet where I can lock in. But this is only his second year as a starter, and he's only got like 20 total starts under his belt in college and pro. So there's there's still a long way to go, but there are some positive sides, uh, signs to build around. Lance, when you look at uh, the wide receiver position and then not having a big target, a guy that's a true number one, and I say that – 
But Brandon Cooks has been so good in this league. He has over 7,900 yards, over 45 touchdowns receiving. But when you have a young quarterback, having a guy with size and a guy that you can throw the ball up to in tight coverage, it means a lot. It makes the game easier for you at the quarterback position. Do you think that's something going into this year that can hurt the Houston Texans? Because I didn't see them have that last year as well. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. First of all, shout out Harry Douglas working from the slot for those Atlanta Falcon squads. So you recognize the importance of a slot receiver as well, but you play with a couple of good bigs on the outside. And I tell you what, one of the guys that I think you're going to really like this year, Harry, is uh, Nico Collins coming out of Michigan. Remember, he was mm-hmm. a 2020 opt-out because of COVID. So he didn't play 2020. He was drafted in the second round by the Texans. And I tell you what, there were times where you said, uh-oh, this kid's got a chance. He's a big, physical, um, outside receiver. The, the, he's more of a build-up speed guy, so he's not someone who's going to create the instant separation coming out of his breaks. But he's got a chance to get rolling downhill on you on the vertical game. And then he's got the size to really battle on contested catches, both short and down the field. So I think, Kerry, I think Nico Collins is a guy you're really going to like when you watch him this year. It's year two as a receiver. You know that that's a year where there's a lot of growth from year one to year two for a lot of these rookie receivers, especially a guy coming off of a, a 2020 where he didn't play as a COVID opt-out. I think Nico Collins is that guy who's going to provide that big ta- the big target you're talking about. Now, in terms of Brandon Cooks, yes, Brandon Cooks is, you know, he's a very talented wide receiver, um, but he's not the type of big-body guy you talk about. So I still think the wide receiver – uh, the wide receiving crew needs another one, maybe two bodies in it. But I do think Nico Collins is the type of guy that you're looking for. You may see more of that in year two. Talking with Lance Zerline, co-host of the Bench on ninety-seven point five in Houston. And if you can, I ask you guys a question. Can I? I'm, I'm very curious about this. Both you, Courtney, and, and also um, Harry. Like the Texans have been a boring team, one of the most boring teams in all of football, even when they were winning. Is there, and I know there's not a lot of juice behind the organization, but from a national standpoint, what is the, how long do you think it will take before the Texans can really, especially after losing, you know, the, a face of the franchise type player in Watson, who was a quarterback, how long do you think it will take before the national media gets excited about him? What, what will it take? For them to win games, I think that first and foremost, they've got to rid themselves of the stain that Watson yep. left on this organization. And we know that. You know, what's being alleged that the Texans were complicit potentially in in everything that went on because of the 66 masseuses and just going down that road, like nationally speaking, and and I think Harry would agree with me on this, we still associate the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson. Like they're trying to get out from under and start over, which, I mean, they've turned Mm -hmm. over this roster in a big way, Lance, and I think that that's the right thing to do, but it's not like they can completely – wash their hands of Deshaun Watson and be like, he's Cleveland's problem now in spite of the trade. Like, I think that until until they show that they can win 
Um, and that's going to be a while. Like like you had mentioned, just with some of the the ceiling, where this team's going to go. I mean, I was going to ask you about the secondary. Um, it, it's interesting because that looks completely different outside of Eric Murray. They're you know still still part of the franchise, um, but they redid everything with getting Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley Jr. I mean, there's pieces. Um, and we're up against it, so I'm going to have to let you go here. But, you know, I think the perception of the Houston Texans is that they're in a rebuild that's going to take a very long time. They lost a franchise quarterback, a scheme-transcendent quarterback, who doesn't – those don't exist very often. Like, to come along one of those and then for the situation to play out the way it did, where he did not play last season um, and now is on a different team – that's going to take years to recover from, but I think nationally everybody expects that it's going to be a long while before the Houston Texans are back in the conversation. And I think you're all correct on that as well. It's Ooh. just the way that's the way it works. But I do think they have the right head coach in place, and I think Nick Casario is washing away the stench mm-hmm. of the Bill O'Brien era with some of the personnel moves he made. Good stuff from Lance Zierlein, co-host of the Bench 97.5 in Houston. Coming up next, more Canyon and Carlin, ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.